Welcome to Grad Chat by PhD Balance, where we talk about topics of grad school beyond academic research, and that sometimes may be more difficult to talk about beyond our day-to-day. Um, I'm your host, Courtney Applewhite. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a PhD candidate in the Department of Religious Studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, studying death. Don't forget to subscribe to Grad Chat on your chosen platform to get notifications about new episodes, and do leave us a review or rating. It helps people find our podcast and gets the word out about what we're doing here. Our topic today is building an additive skills portfolio, and I'm excited to welcome our guest, Manasi Apte. Manasi is a scientist and communicator currently based in Knoxville, Tennessee, USA. She's an accomplished science research scientist, seasoned science communicator, and avid public engagement practitioner, working with several institutions in the United States and India for more than a decade. Manasi believes in building connections via communications, and for her, impactful storytelling is one of the meaningful ways for connecting any two ideas, data points, stories, and people. She recently got featured in STEM Interview as well as Lifeology SciCom, SciCom or Spotlight series. She's also one of the hashtag women in STEM role models and aspires to continue her journey in the field of science communication and public engagement. We're so happy to have you on Grad Chat and discuss your experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And, okay. uh, I, I have been a follower of Grad Chat even though I've left grad school many years back, but it's been fantastic. The work that you guys have been doing is very, very informative and important. And especially since the pandemic has started, people across the world have been following your chats, live chats, and you guys are amazing. So I'm, I'm happy to be a tiny bit part of that entire initiative. <laughs> no, thank you so much. It's the expertise like yours that really helps uh, grow what we're trying to do and inform grad students and get more information out there. And that's really the biggest part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to help. Yeah, great. Well, I'm really excited to learn more about this. I'm not super familiar with the idea of an additive skills portfolio, so I'm really excited to learn more. So can you just start by telling us what it means to have an additive skills portfolio and what yeah. are additive skills? Absolutely. I mean, this is a perfect segue into actually understanding what portfolio means, what additive skills means. Uh, I myself got introduced to this term very later in actually when I was a postdoc at the National Cancer Institute, which is housed under National Institutes of Health in Washington, D.C. So I did not start my portfolio building way later (laughs) than what I should have started. So first tip throughout this um, journey that we are gonna have in this conversation, I would always say it's never too early to start building your portfolio. And I'm gonna tell you why that is important. So let's first break down the terms additive skills. And for me personally, additive skills are anything that uh, that are additions or value additions as you as a person, you as an asset, you as this uh, job candidate who will stand out from the rest of the crowd in the applicant's pool. Uh, It's the the skill that is going to make the other party or other side uh, realize who you are as a human being, what's your personality. And those are different than essential skills, in my opinion, because essential skills are more or less going to be common those are the skills that the job description requires you to have. Uh, But when you go for interview, go go for any collaborations, go for any interaction outside your niche community, 
uh, outside just the scientist friends you have, they are always looking to connect with you. And these additive skills help you to connect with the other people on a human basis, on the basis of how this person can be a good partner, how, how this person can be a good colleague. Um, so that's probably the primary difference between essential skills and additive skills. Now, what's the portfolio? Now, portfolio is very common, very, very generally used in many other fields. Unfortunately, not in the biomedical or STEM uh, graduate school curricula. Uh, you might have heard like fashion designer portfolios. You might have heard uh, music composers having their own portfolios teachers having their portfolios. So some of the fields are very much uh, aware of this. And it's essentially sort of like a showcase of what all you can bring to the table. Um, as a STEM grad student, uh, I would say you do have a capacity to have your own portfolio. Because even before and during your graduate career, you are building upon so many other skills that sometimes are labeled as soft skills or so-called transferable skills, but additive skills are even beyond that. It's the real life examples or um, resources that you can provide to the other side in the form of something that they can relate to. So it's not a traditional CV or resume, uh, but it's sort of like a space where you can show who you are in a truest sense without exaggerating, of course. So that's probably a difference between uh, a traditional CV resume versus a portfolio. It's a space where you can be yourself. You can really show people different aspects of your personality, both professional and perhaps personal, if you're open to that. Okay. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. So could you provide some examples of like examples of additive skills that one might add to a portfolio? So beyond yeah. the sort of skills that we think of that go on resumes, like your computer skills or your language skills or things like this. So what, right. what are additional things might you add? Um, so I would, uh, by, I'm by no means, this is a very honest disclaimer, by no means a you know, a perfectionist and, and expert in this portfolio management thing. Um, I can only uh, share my experiences building my own portfolio. Uh, so I was a STEM graduate student. And uh, at the end of my graduate journey, I had sort of decided that strict academia is not the path for me. But I still wanted to give research a very sound chance because I really loved research. And I knew that, you know, those problem solving abilities, analytical skills, you know, uh, burning the midnight oil, all those things I loved. <laughs> so I did yeah. go for a postdoc journey as many of your viewers would be also willing to do that. And that's a great way to actually have this capacity or have this time to build your portfolio. And that's exactly my thinking was when I started my uh, portfolio building, like what can I add to my traditional resume so that it's not only academic, it's not only industry focused, but it's general. If somebody visits my portfolio today, they will look at me as uh, somebody who they can see in different roles. And that's something that, so uh, I don't want to define what should be on your portfolio. Uh, for everybody because portfolio is also very personalized space. Mm -hmm. It needs to be unique to you and because that's how you're going to stand out from the rest of the crowd. 
So uh, there are, of course, very tiny basics that I can provide. Like you can always go by uh, either having a you know binder form physical portfolio that you can actually take with you uh, everywhere you go. But let's face it, we are in COVID and we are not really doing face-to-face -face interactions anymore. So if you can, and you have the ability and resources to start building even like a preliminary sort of web page for yourself, uh, that would be good because it's way best. And then you can just pull it out on your smartphone or any device that you have access to. Um, so I actually decided to do the web-based portfolio building. And um, I'm going to be very honest, it's not my own idea. I actually got inspired by somebody I met uh, very early on in my postdoc. And she was a panelist on the Career Exploration Committee. Uh, and she told me, uh, she, she very casually mentioned during our conversation that uh, the one thing that I always did was to walk in that uh, interview room with a big binder that was my portfolio and nobody else had it. So already I was like one step ahead of everybody in that room. And then I would just, you know, unabashedly, unapologetically hand out that binder and say, hey, this is what I have done. This is more than what my resume or CV is ever going to tell you, because that portfolio was like just samples of her writing, photos of her with different collaborators, recommendation letters right there in front of the entire interviewing team. So rather than them scrunching around the internet, finding you all about you, she was actually handing it out, making the process very easy for the interviews. And then I was very intrigued by that idea. I had never thought about that. I always thought, okay, so cover letter should talk about you. That should explain your personality. Resume does like a dry job, gives you like line by line what I did from this year to this year and that's it. But she mentioned this fact and I thought maybe this is also applicable for you know, grad students and postdocs who are even considering you know, academic career. These days, especially when academic job market is so competitive, everybody's trying to uh, bring their best selves. Uh, the admissions committees are also looking at so many different aspects. They always ask you for your diversity statements, your teaching philosophies, uh, your mentoring styles. And these are the questions that they're always going to ask you in any kind of interviews in the STEM field. Uh, so what about if you really show that your actual true examples of work that you've done in those areas in a format that they can really look into, they can really see that this person is not really faking anything, like they're not just telling us just because, but they have really gone beyond their capacity of, you know, as a STEM researcher to do something about it. They have really thought about it. So... I started building my portfolio from that angle. I knew I didn't want to be a strict academician. Uh, I wanted to explore careers in the psychom and public engagement space. And this was a very good opportunity also for me to self-reflect on what type of careers I would have interest in. So uh, I'll go into details as, in, as the conversation progresses, but think about portfolio as a living document, living space. So as and when you progress in your career, as and when you uh, gain a new experience that you think adds to the experience of you as a researcher, add that to your portfolio with some sort of a context to it, of course, 
Uh, you can't just have random things on your portfolio. It needs to be cohesive. It needs to flow like a story. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'll stop here. But I, I feel like portfolio is a very, very nice tool for everybody, you and the person you're interacting with uh, to assess and reflect on. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I can see why it would be more of a more of a story than you mean you always want to try and make your cv a story as well but this fills in the gaps in some ways of some of those areas of of what's making your your academic life like like cohesive and make sense fit together yeah absolutely and as you said it's it needs to flow like a story so i'm a storyteller i believe in the storytelling um principles for any conversations and interactions so i always thought about building the portfolio from you know, telling a story standpoint. And just as any story would have it, it should have a map. Uh, and here the map represents MAP. So message, audience, and purpose. Mm-hmm. And essentially your portfolio should have a unifying message. What are you trying to tell the other party? What are you trying to portray about yourself, about your career journey, about your experiences? But also it it needs to take into account who are you, who are you making this portfolio for? Is it just a personal journey? Is it just a reflection of your or extension of your personal diary? Or is it for a a potential job interview? Is it for potential networking? Is it for potential collaboration? Each of these uh, purposes will allow you to think about different audiences and then you can tailor your portfolio in that manner. So when I started building my portfolio, I was looking at it as a, potential tool that will help me in my job search, which was in a completely different field and wanted to sell myself as a skilled researcher who can now distill uh, scientific complex ideas into you know, accessible and understandable fashion. Um, and then I sort of gave the examples of what all I can bring to the table as a scientist, but also uh, as a potential communicator So I listed all my experiences under that. Uh, Of course, colors help because you have a technology to help with you that uh, if you want, if you have a soundbite of something that you have done, if you are a podcast host, if you have features in newspapers, uh, any local events, put put it out there. Your CV and resume is not gonna let you do that, right? But these are like living examples of uh, who you are outside the lab, who you are uh, as a service person, who you are as a community member. Uh, and people like to like to look at that and appreciate that. And it really gives them a full sense of who you are. Uh, that sometimes is hard to gauge uh, out of your CV and cover letter. And yeah. as you said, it's, it's absolutely uh, helpful to fill the gaps between your career stop points. And then you don't have to give them explanations. You can just show them the examples, what you were doing between these two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you mentioned at one point that it's useful in academia and it's useful in industry, but would you say that the the portfolio is more suited to one of those or can you really use them if you're attempting to get into an academic field, if you're attempting to get into an industry-based field? As of now, I have uh, seen more portfolios being used for non-academic positions, not only just industry, but 
strictly non-academic positions. Uh, but I wouldn't discount the academia as a potential uh, career option and having a portfolio for that. Because as I mentioned before, these days they are eager to look at what all other qualities, like in terms of your teaching experience, what kind of teaching experience do you have? If you have a soundbite of you teaching a cohort of people uh, that you can put it on your portfolio, they literally can listen to that, watch you in action and see how good or a bad teacher you are. And, you know, and that's something that not many people are going to do, or at least not doing at the moment. So that obviously gives you an edge. Uh, there is a service factor that you can, exploration that you can add, uh, just basically telling the, the academic search committee uh, beyond your publications, beyond your papers, beyond your, uh, you know, so-called diversity statements and mentoring statements, uh, who you are as a colleague, as a potential teacher, uh, as a potential PI for students, because many, many a times admissions committees also have the student representatives. So it's also good for students to see a prospective candidate in that terms, like who are we interviewing? Uh, and it's very hard to gauge that with like, you know, 30 minutes seminar or 30 minutes lunch break or a meeting. So this is an additional tool, I would say, for academic job search as well. Yeah. You know, one thing that comes to mind, like as you were speaking and the idea of putting it on a website, like you could even add like, yeah, like videos of you teaching, like clips yeah. of you teaching of your yeah. like, like your teaching highlight reel almost. Right. Exactly. And it's, uh, we don't consider, like, especially STEM workforce doesn't consider them to be a celebrity, but we should absolutely be celebrated as celebrities. We do a lot of hard work. We do a lot of cool things. It doesn't even have to be something outside the box. Just record yourself in, you know, doing something very cool or you feel cool about. Just mm -hmm. a simple experiment. Put it out there on your portfolio tell why do you feel cool about doing this experiment? Why do you think this, this is important? That will just give, you know, two things. You have just done something like a very normal science writing piece, but you also have shown yourself in the light of doing the actual experiment. So it sort of serves multiple purposes and based on what you want to do with your portfolio, you can tailor it one way or the other. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm invested. So how does one go about starting building uh, this kind of portfolio? Um, first thing first, it's never too early to start building your portfolio. Uh, and just as people say, you have to uh, keep at it. Portfolio is a living space. It needs to be a living space. So every time you add to it, make sure that it's coherent to all the other content that you're adding. Make sure that it's updated and current always. Uh, and also, as I said, there are two ways to go about it. You can either do a physical binder, which I don't have any expertise in, unfortunately. So maybe I can share my own portfolio that I created a few years back with the help of my friend, Sarah. Huge shout out to Sarah. <laughs> Uh, without her, I wouldn't have done this, but uh, maybe I can share my screen and um, walk you through the sections that I have. Again, this is my unique space. I don't want it to be replicated in your portfolio because then it won't be your portfolio. So you want to make it personalized. Uh, you want to, I, I can walk you through the sections that I have, but they are by no means universal. 
Okay. Yeah. Great. And we'll, uh, so for people who are listening via audio, uh, Manasi is sharing her screen, but we'll give you, so we can read out the URL yeah. if you want to follow along with us. So it's at, um, highlight-communications.org. So you can, uh, she'll, she's going to be narrating as she goes through, but if you, if you aren't watching us on YouTube right now, you can go to highlight.communications.org for an example of Manasi's portfolio. So we can do that. Yeah, so it's a very basic portfolio. I started it with uh, the, the domain server Bluepost. Uh, you can choose whichever domain server you want. It can be just as simple as a WordPress single page portfolio where you can have uh, lots of scroll down options. I wanted to have different tabs because I wanted to portray myself into different types of SciComm and public engagement space. And it's really a diverse field. So I wanted to show that I am as diverse as the field is. So I do have different tabs, but I also have a homepage landing here on my uh, website portfolio uh, where I list my name, of course, with a degree. And then I have a statement or uh, just a quick uh, features, which are recent most. So I have a statement which says uh, Manasi Apte PhD, and below that, it says scientist, communicator, engager, leader, mentor, and consultant. So those are different roles that I envision myself going in, in my SciComm and public engagement sphere. So this can be uh, visualized as an abbreviated form of something like uh, goals or objectives that people used to write in a traditional resume or CV. Um, Let's talk about 21st century, 20, uh, you know, a modern way of writing objectives. Don't write big paragraphs. Don't write, uh, you know, very wordy sentences. You want to be crisp, short. We all know how to tweet. Let's do that, you know, short and sweet. Uh, so think about what you want to portray in your website. What do you want to focus on? And this is this again, first impression, right? So you want to make sure that it counts. So I wanted to make it uh, informative enough so that people will scroll down to, to, you know, really find out how do I present myself as each one of those tags? How do I present myself as a scientist, communicator, and so on? So if you scroll down, I have links for my LinkedIn and uh, Twitter, but you can add uh, links to your traditional CV, you can have your resume up there, you can have uh, other social media presences if you want to connect to them. So this is also, an, so portfolio is of course an extension to your CV and resume. So if you want, you can have a generalized resume up there. I personally don't like that because I always tailor my resume for every job search. And then I don't want the recruiters or job search uh, committee to be confused by differences in my, it, they are not gonna be differences in the content, but just how I present it. So I don't have my CV or resume, but if you are really aiming for a certain particular niche job search, then maybe by all means put your CV and resume here. So they have a direct access to it. Make sure that your CV and resume is locked in PDF uh, and non-editable format. It's a, it's a rookie mistake. We still do it sometimes. I do have my picture. It's very personal uh, 
choice I made, partly because I am uh, I'm an international student in the United States. Uh, starting with my name, people are not familiar. So I thought uh, of putting my own picture there just to give them a sense of familiarity and connection. Mm -hmm. uh, they at least see me by, by just by reading my name, people might not understand that I am a female. So there is one more layer of that connection. Um, so it's up to you what you want to portray. Again, uh, by no means your portfolio is going to follow these formats. Uh, but most portfolios do have a landing page where they will summarize something about that person. And that summary will basically draw the viewer in to explore more on your portfolio. You can have an introduction about yourself. You can have some sort of a philosophy or value statement about yourself. So that will tell why I have built this portfolio or why you should invest in scrolling through the tabs. Uh, again, CV, uh, resumes, uh, links to your social media website. Those are very just handy clickbait strategies to increase you know, interaction and uh, engagement with your viewers. So if you look at my uh, landing page introduction, I really have just a couple of sentences again. And because I was building this portfolio for a Psycom public engagement sphere, I have kept it very much centric to those kind of jobs. So something uh, that the, those job descriptions will frequently ask for, like what's, what, are, what are your approaches? Uh, how are you going to deal with distilling information in different formats? So I have sort of given my philosophy of applying for those jobs, what I am bringing as a science communicator. And also having that scientist training, I want to bring that perspective in. So that's how I have crafted this statement. So I would say, spend a lot of time on understanding what you want to portray, what's your message, and who are you portraying it for? What's your audience? And then why are you doing that? Like, what's the whole point of putting this portfolio? If you know your map, then building the portfolio becomes very easy. Um, and then, as I said, I have a bunch of different tags under my name. So I wanted to have individual tag for each of these job descriptions. Uh, again, they are all in the realms of me being a person, but me being a potential job candidate or a colleague. Uh, so I did decide to have a little bit of my personal journey. Again, because I'm an immigrant in this uh, country and I was looking for international diverse colleagues, I wanted to put it out there that, you know, this is my personal story uh, that I'm comfortable sharing with. And this is what I'm bringing to the table when you when you interact with me as a colleague. Uh, and then I have these tiny tabs, which are scroll bars, and they also have read more sections where but essentially, these are the tags that you see up there. So me as a scientist, me as a communicator, and I've used my own photos again, but you can always use something that you have produced in that realm. So under the communicator, I have used this picture, which is essentially uh, the heroine or a superhero uh, character that I, I came up for uh, a storytelling coursework that I did. And that was a Psycom, um, 
storytelling coursework and her name is highlight and that sort of has inspired the name of my portfolio or website highlight communications so i i i like representing her there as as me doing the communication but then there is an engager there is a leader there is a mentor and there is a consultant and for each tag i have a i have a line or a two which represents me so this is your chance to be you know really portray who you are so i'm i did my early training in microbiology then i switched fields i did some genetics some cell biology so i wanted people to know the training behind me as a scientist in my scientist tag and at that point i was not really excluding being a scientist as a job where i can also do psychom on the periphery so i wanted to keep that so be open play around with your portfolio ideas uh, you won't you might not have many tags to start with but start with couple of tags start with couple of sections and keep on building on to your experiences uh, i want to show one uh, one thing every tag has read more that's clickable here so let's see maybe if i go to the communicator section and i say click more he read more then it's going to open it into a different tab and these are those different tabs that you can get more insights into and this is where you list or showcase all your experiences so the landing page is just a preview or a teaser of what's more and then when they click on those tabs they get more examples some of these are sound bites some of these are links to the things that i have developed uh, of course make sure that you have permission to share all these external links when you are trying to get you know the external work featured on your sites now i do a lot of webinars so uh, i asked permission to get a screenshot for one of that so that's one of that um i i also host a podcast frequently i produce it so i have the logo for that that i designed so those were the kind of things that you want to put like these are the things that i can do uh these are the skills that i'm bringing i also did a, another podcast interview so that's that's the cover page of that and if you click on it it will start playing that video so there is a sound bite to it too so these are the kind of things that you want to do again every tab can be personalized every tab can be unique uh if you are a grad student what can you start with because this is uh, i feel like i i started building this with just single tab it, there was just a research tab because i was a scientist and i'm still a scientist uh but and i i only had one or two i i started this when i was a postdoc and i literally had these two tags phd in molecular genetics and postdoc in telomere biology and then i thought okay this is just not enough to represent who i am what are the other facets of my personality that i can bring into when i am giving interviews what are my values how do how should other people conceive me as the best candidate out of 300 candidates that they are going to get applications for mm -hmm. and that's when i decided to volunteer with different uh, organizations uh your volunteering work is not your extracurricular activity your volunteering work is an additive skill that you have that not everybody else has in that workspace not everybody volunteers not everybody um, goes do do service 
uh, unpaid internships. Not everybody writes for a newsletter. Not everybody volunteers at a hospice, right? All these things, you cannot really explain the reasoning behind it or why you did it on your traditional CV and resume. But portfolio is a place where you can explain that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So unless uh, you have some questions, I, I'll stop sharing and then we can. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I, I do have questions, but we can okay. sort of we can go back to. Okay, but um, and so we can go back to just screen share. So, but yeah, I recommend everyone go take a look at uh, Manasi's portfolio because it's. I mean, I love the way that you've, uh, it's really navigatable, which I think is really important. Like it's very easy to click around and it's very visual, but it's not visual in a way that's intimidating to me, which is I don't have like a design degree. And so that always stresses me out the notion of creating something like that. Cause I'm like, oh no, I don't know. I'm not very good at like designing things. It's going to look so, so silly, but yours is very crisp without being like, it doesn't, you know, there are some, I've seen some websites of people that people have that are, it's clear that they have a design background and uh, it's just uh, the effects are going and it's like all kinds of things. But I, I think what you demonstrate here is that you have a beautiful, well-designed, well-laid out portfolio without um, it, it like looking like I needed to learn, have a different degree to, to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it's a, it's a learning curve. You, once you start, you know, if, if you have any experience of, uh, creating a web page, you know, how many tabs you are going to deal with, mm-hmm. how many options you're going to have to scroll through and every, uh, website will have its own, you know, quirkiness, uh, but it's just a part of learning. And again, these these are additive skills. If you tell somebody that I built my own portfolio, they know that you can navigate all these sites. You can build a website. You can build a web page. You can start a blog, right? These are, again, additive skills that are going to be transferable across different jobs. Everybody wants a social media manager these days, no matter which company you apply to, right? Everybody wants a people engagement professional or whatever that, like different coin terms. But this is the way you engage people, right? And everybody has their own style of engaging with other people. Some people like all video-based portfolio. Some people like all text-based or blog-based portfolio. I myself uh, don't write as much. I have done enough writing in terms of my (laughs) publications, Uh, but I do like colors. I like uh, dabbling with different formats of communication. So I wanted to show that, that I'm not afraid of colors. I'm not afraid of creativity. And that's what the approach should be as a STEM student. You want to show that you're not afraid of, you know, navigating different career options. You're not limited by just your bench skills or, you know, computer skills, but you have an appetite to learn and to show that. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to do that, I feel. And of course, I mean, uh, I didn't get to show you, but uh, I also have a contact me section where you can, again, you know, literally have your professional email address listed or directed to. So your portfolio becomes a a clickable way for recruiters to reach you. Or So I always, you know, cross-connect all my uh, social media presence. So uh, if you go to my Twitter, there will be a link 
for highlight communications. Mm -hmm. If you go to my LinkedIn, there will be a link. And of course, on my portfolio by itself, I cross connect my LinkedIn and Facebook. So that way, and they are all linked through my uh, personal professional uh, email ID. So they are all cross connected. Cross connection is very important because you don't want to get bogged down by one social media. uh, And then sometimes the social medias get old and stale and people don't follow you there. And then they go to a Snapchat or TikTok or whatever new comes. Uh, So you want to have one permanent uh, source where people can traditionally speaking, like keep on contacting you (laughs) and not lose you from your network. Yeah, that's a great point because I think that's something that we maybe take for granted, um, although we definitely shouldn't, is the idea that these social media networks that we rely so heavily on, if you think about a LinkedIn or something, that they may not be, they may go the way of Facebook, right? Where so, A lot of people are still on Facebook, but they use it for, it, do we use it for the Facebooking that it was yeah. originally intended for, Absolutely. right? Not really. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, that that idea of it being like a home base uh, mm-hmm. from which you can then use right. your social media sites makes a lot of sense to me yeah. too. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I, I get, you know, spiraled into these social media websites. So I have strictly managed myself to keep my personal and professional things on Twitter and LinkedIn. That's it. So I don't have many tabs to uh, cross connect, but people do have different blogs. So one, uh, Recently, I came across a portfolio where people, they, they were doing different types of journalism. So, and they had, uh, so they had personal blog, they had some freelance uh, content that they were doing for different clients in different areas of science journalism. And in that sense, then your portfolio is going to be just focused on one uh, aspect, journalism or science writing. Uh, I personally don't like portfolio to be just about one thing and one thing only, because the idea of portfolio is to show how diverse you are, how uh, beautiful you are as a person, a personality. And absolutely, it's I, I don't believe that one person is just born with one talent and one skill. And so show show all your skills, show all your uh, values and show all your colors. Uh, that's what I feel. Uh, that's what portfolio allows you to play with. And I think it's a great way to demonstrate how great a value addition you could be to anybody or any team. Yeah, I think it shows... Uh... <clears throat> you know, uh, CVs or resumes, they can, they can read a little bit flat sometimes. It's like, and people see so many of them. And I think maybe one of the benefits that you're describing for the additive skills portfolio is it basically, it also gives like recruiters or people that are going to hire you, like something to hold on to that's unique to you, that makes you different from all the other CV and resumes they, they see, which are all, they probably all have some some communication experience and they they may all be scientists and they they may have all those kinds of you know things that a science communicator would need to have but maybe they don't have this you know unique experience with mentorship and maybe that's like a value that the company really appreciates or or maybe it just so happens i feel like i've i've I heard an example once when i was talking to someone about how her um her daughter plays rugby and then she was speaking to an interview candidate who talked about playing rugby or put rugby on her resume and she's like what 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna hire you because I love rugby. So <laughs> I think that the, the people really overlook, yeah, what you're talking about, which is human yeah. connection and, and connection with other people. Yeah. And I mean, aren't we all looking for best colleagues, right? Aren't we all looking for that team member who would just support the existing team rather than, you know, overshadowing them? And if you can show that angle uh, of your personality, if you can show that, you know, you have uh, something to offer beyond just the job description Mm -hmm. uh, and you have living proof of that, uh, then it's, it's perfect. Uh, it's just going to stand you out in the whole crowd. Yeah. Well, can you give us an example from your experience where having that portfolio was really beneficial to you or it like it, it, it had some like uh, clear positive impact? Yeah, I think uh, there are different different ways of using portfolio. And I early on after I built my portfolio heavily used it for networking. And uh, I started adding my portfolio link to my CV and resume right at the top. Just below my name and degree is my portfolio right next to my professional email ID. And um, I recently interviewed with one uh, company or one organization where they clicked on my portfolio and they said that the recruiter, uh, recruiter was basically saying that Nobody else in that applicant pool had a portfolio, but you had. And that was one more quick way for me to gauge what kind of a candidate we are looking for, right? And because you had different bytes of uh, SciComm experiences listed in different ways. So there, as I said, there is a sound bite, there is a podcast bite, there is an interview bite, there's a traditional writing for scientists, non-scientists. So he got a quite a good flair about what my CV and resume is gonna look like even before reading through my CV and resume. So I think that's like a direct example I can provide. And of course that landed me into my first interview and uh, that went on to be one of my choices. Uh, and of course, I. I'm not joining that organization, but I would I would say that I would say that this is a success, <laughs> as a direct direct connection between me having my portfolio and standing out from the crowd. Absolutely, I mean that's that's like sounds like a pretty direct benefit and result yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, I think that's really great. So, if someone if someone listening did want to start a portfolio right now, where where's the best place to start? Um. I would say first think about, as I said, map. Why do you want to build your portfolio? Do you have ability and resources to build a portfolio at this point? Because it does take a little bit of time in developing your portfolio in terms of you know really putting it out there. You want to first think about what all things you have to put on it, uh, how you're going to do this, like what's what's the structure of it? How many tabs? What comes under each tab? What's the text? What is the graphics? What are the examples? Um, I wouldn't list like one hour voluntary experience on my portfolio. It needs to be consistent, continuous, long-term efforts that you are part of. I wouldn't um, list like a collaboration that lasted for one week for one journal club or something. I would, I do want to stress the fact that 
no matter which STEM, STEM field you are part of, there is always going to be uh, accolades and features and honors that you can get as a part of a grad student journey. And we tend to sort of put it as this tiny section in our CV and resume, but I want you guys to celebrate that in the form of portfolio. If you have certificates for your teaching skills, if you have certifications from different uh, courses and some things that you have taken, uh, don't list them on LinkedIn because fine, you got a LinkedIn badge for this, but if you can show me real life example of how you use that course and maybe you know writing up a abstract, uh, negotiating something for a grant money or something like that, it doesn't even have to be in the STEM realm. Even if, if you have like a really good negotiating power and you were a debate team um, champion from your undergrad days, it's a fantastic skill to add. Uh, it's definitely something additive not many people know how to debate these days uh, without being mean and rude to each other. So if you can really skillfully debate about a top certain topic, that becomes your additive skill. That becomes uh, something that you uniquely bring to the table. So put down a video clip. Of course, don't put like one hour videos on your uh, portfolios. Make sure that your portfolio is quick to browse. Uh, make sure you think about whether uh, right now with your capacities and resources, is it, and the field that you are in, is it worth having an online portfolio or is it good to start with a, you know, a binder where you put different examples of your writing pieces, your abstracts, uh, maybe a poster presentation where you are presenting, you have a photo of that, you write up about it, uh, maybe like you know, examples of other things that you're doing that might uh, align with the type of portfolio you're building, that would be a good start. I also want to stress uh, about having different sections in your portfolio. It's very personalized decision. It's, uh, I know some countries in Europe have a person's photo on their resume or CV. In United States, Canada, it's not much of a, um, a regular thing to have their photo. So uh, me being an immigrant, it was my conscious choice to put, you know, name to the face kind of a thing on my portfolio. Of course, I don't have my photo on my CV and resume. So some, some things you need to really think about, especially if it is going on the internet. It, once it's on that internet, it's always going to be there. So think about what all things you want to put out there. Uh, are there professional networks or collaborations that you have developed? Uh, and even if you are comfortable sharing them, maybe reach out to them before you share about that collaboration. So written permission, consent, all those things need to be taken. If you are going to be uh, building your research-based portfolio, absolutely talk to your PI. Sometimes, uh, PIs are hesitant to put out things from their lab, uh, videos that show, you know, the backgrounds of the university rooms. Universities might have rules about that. So just be cognizant about what you can and cannot add to your personal portfolio, even though it's your personal portfolio. Again, if you're filming it into an organization setting, uh, you need to be aware of those rules. Uh, but just, uh, I think, start. Start. Try something, uh, maybe, you know, with 
if if it is a web-based portfolio, try it out and don't share it with the public, but maybe with a you know close group of friends who can really give you honest feedback about just the way it's laid out. Is it easy to maneuver? Is it making sense? Is it flowing properly? Uh, maybe if you are an international person, international uh, student in this country, you have a language barrier, you don't want that to be showcased. You actually want to celebrate that, that you know more than one language. So maybe put yourself out there, put something from your native language or a first language in addition to something in English. So that shows people that, yes, I can speak and write in English, of course, as a professional, but I have this other side to me uh, that comes from my cultural and you know international lived experiences. Uh, in in uh, current scenario where you know representation is very important, diversity is very important. All these tiny nuances are going to make or break the deal for many professions. So anything that helps your case, you need to put it out there. But think about it: Are you comfortable about sharing those things? Uh, start with small things. As I said, my portfolio only had two tabs. Uh, I didn't even have the about me section uh, almost till last year. I had a very primitive looking portfolio. I didn't even share it with my network. And I wasn't very comfortable because I thought like, I don't have anything else to share other than my CV and resume. But then I went back to that interaction I had many years ago with that panelist who said, you know, if you want to stand out in the crowd, you have to be unique. And if everybody's trying to be unique, you need to be one step ahead of everybody and use some type of tool uh, to help you be that one step ahead. So I thought not many people are doing these portfolios in the STEM profession. Maybe they have websites, they have blogs, but they are very one, uh, they're very focused uh, and only cover a little bit of themselves. I wanted to have a diverse perspective. So I would say start. Uh, I'm happy to provide any inputs or if you want my honest feedback or critique about your web page, send me your links and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to provide uh, some feedback. Uh, of course, this is by no means coming from an expert. It's very, very much based on my personal opinion and experience. But if you think it's helpful, please reach out. <laughs> Yeah, that's so generous of you. And I, I would say that you are, I mean, you are an expert. You have this carefully curated additive skills portfolio. You speak, you obviously see a lot of the benefits and some of the nuances. So don't deny your expertise. This is, you're an expert in this. <laughs> and uh, I think logistically, um, I, I forgot, where is your portfolio housed? I know that there's a free, like Wix is a free place that you can create websites. Yeah. So you can start with something like that. Yes. Um, mine is hosted on uh, the WordPress. Okay. Uh, but it's WordPress collaborated with Bluehost. Okay. Uh, so domain server is Bluehost. I, I don't really understand the, the technicalities of it, but yeah, it's something, something like WordPress plus Bluehost. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's not free. Okay. Uh, I do pay a little bit every year to host this. Uh, it's again a decision that you want to make. Uh, if you're starting out, you're just trying, I would say go for a free version. You absolutely don't get all the fancy options. 
um, but play around. It's it's also a good practice to, uh, you know, having that idea of how to build a website um, that comes in handy these days. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, I think that Wix is a free platform that has like a paid tier. So if you're just starting out, Wix is a great option yeah. for that because it's uh it's completely free so you can sort of like you know like you said like just experiment a little bit yeah. and then you can upgrade to a paid tier or a different platform that is paid if it's something that you decide is worthwhile and you want to continue doing or maybe get some of the bonus options associated with it yeah. and one thing i forgot to mention was uh it's not a part of my portfolio but i have seen other portfolios with uh personalized recommendations so it's something similar to LinkedIn, but here uh, you can link that person's uh, portfolio or a website or their contact information, again, of course, with their permission, mm -hmm. but then they can talk about that particular aspect of your portfolio rather than just giving you like a generalized, uh, he or she is a hardworking person and like passionate about XYZ, I would highly recommend it. Beyond that, if they can, you know, share some anecdote, share some examples, then it's like a third party verification for people who are looking at your portfolio. So think about if you can get some sort of a recommendation uh, for different tabs or different features that you're trying to put. I do have features sections. So as I said, at, at the top, I have listed like certain up-to-date uh, or the most frequently uh, relevant uh, features. I keep on changing them based on where am I and what kind of roles I was looking at. Uh, so those kind of sections also help you um, get more engagement. Uh, and I am not very much into following the analytics of how my website is doing or how my portfolio is doing, but there are people who follow that very, very uh, cautiously. And it's a good way, if especially if you're career journeys at that point where you know you really you really rely on your portfolio to engage and network uh, then it's a good way to keep on checking the analytics if things are not working if you're not getting the clicks that you intended to have or engagement or you don't see any recruiters reaching or don't see any any progress made maybe take a step back reflect on what can be changed to make it more attractive but it's again a personal decision. I haven't really changed anything. I have kept on uh, adding things to my portfolio, but uh, that's irrespective of whether people visit it or not. It's also for me, I use it as a self-assessment tool and a self-reflection tool uh, to a certain extent where I can visit, I can see the tabs and keep on checking the experiences and see where I can do more, where I can do better. Uh, maybe there are some experiences uh, that have sort of um, that feel disconnected to my portfolio now. Uh, so I would remove that and I, I replace it with something that is more relevant to my current uh, career journey. Yeah, it sounds like you can. It sounds like there are levels to this where you can 
you know, when you started, it was, it was two tabs and yeah. now you have multiple tabs and it's curated to the particular areas that you're interested in working in. But it sounds like there is a lot of different levels that you can do and they can be effective. Even if you only, even if you only take time to really curate two tabs, or if that's really your yeah. focus, or if you want to make it into a really comprehensive uh, showcase of all your skills. Yeah. It's, it's finally your personal showcase. So it's, and personal being the emphasis here. So you want to make it as personalized, as unique to you and whatever makes sense to you and whatever feels right to you, because everything, if, especially if we are talking about, as I said, online based portfolio, you have to be completely comfortable with what you're putting out there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would say start, try it out. If it's for you, keep on building. I absolutely keep on growing your portfolio and I'm happy to help uh, anybody who's interested. Yeah, that's great. And so before we finish up, is there anything else that you'd like to mention or talk about that you feel like we haven't covered yet? No, but I feel like um, one thing I do want to mention is I'm a person who likes to uh, explore things a lot. And that is something that many STEM students have innately. Uh, the, the curiosity aspect or like tinkering aspect. And we many times uh, sideline those tinkering or curiosity-based explorations as this, oh, I did that because I thought I would be interested in that kind of a thing and just put it in a bin. Um, but when you're trying to build a portfolio, I want you to think about those curiosity and explorations that you had as a scientist beyond just the bench skills because those are the skills that probably are going to help you craft your portfolio better. So when I was thinking about putting my tabs, uh, I wanted to mention that I am very outgoing person. I'm an extrovert person. I like to, to work with other people, but there was no tangible way for me to tell them that on the website, right? So then I started thinking about all the outreach all the mentoring, all the engagement that I had done. And when I was thinking about it, of course, I was not thinking from the tabs point of view that this, you know, this falls under mentoring tab and this falls under engagement. For me, it was just the voluntary experiences I had. But then I started thinking about where can I put them? What classes, what categories I can put them? And then I realized that, okay, so when I was talking to uh, a high school student, learn, you know, teaching them basic biology, it was more of me being a teacher in that moment, me being a mentor. But when I'm doing a workshop for high school students, training them for uh, science communication and storytelling uh, techniques, it's a communicator in me who's talking rather than a mentor. Mm. Uh, and when I'm talking to high school students at a local science cafe or a science museum, I'm engaging with them. I'm not really trying to teach them, mentor them. Uh, I am sort of communicating them with them, but in that moment, trying to interact and interaction is the focus. And then I can list that experience under engagement rather than communication. So think about all these voluntary experiences that you have. Think about all these so-called extracurricular activities that people do. They are not extra and they are not curriculum. These are skills. These are experiences. These are going to make you a better human being. 
Uh, these are going to make you better scientists also if you keep on doing academia. And in general, just, just the, these are the things that you have in your life. This is what, you're, this is what you bring to the table. Again, um, I want to stress this fact. Don't undersell yourself just as a scientist. You are much more than that. So I hope your portfolio brings out that other side, uh, that colorful, vibrant side of yours. I think this is also a great endorsement for uh, what we sort of advocate for at PhD Balance, which is just having having things that you do beyond grad school that are important to you and resonate with you and and it just so happens that they probably also equip you with a lot of these additive skills that are going to make you a, a better scientist, a better academic, a better researcher, a better person in better person in the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we should all strive to be a better human being at the end of the day, <laughs> whichever profession you decide to choose after your grad school. Absolutely. So where can people find you online if they want to get in touch or they want to learn more about what you're doing? So of course, you can uh, visit my portfolio and it will link you to my LinkedIn profile and uh, Twitter profile. I am more active on Twitter because that's where everybody is, I guess. Um, so uh, uh, you can find me by my name both at both places. My handle is at Manasi Apte on Twitter. Uh, M-A-N-A-S-I-A-P-T-E. And on LinkedIn is again by my name, Manasi Apti. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all this information. It's been a really wonderful, wonderful hearing from you. I feel very inspired now to, I'm so glad. <laughs> to start a portfolio. So I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the momentum. Good, good. Yeah. And I, I do want to, I, that's why I shout, like I gave a shout out to Sarah, who's my friend and another fellow science communicator. And she sort of started her blog and I attended a, a mini workshop with her where she was like, you, you have to start your blog. You have so many different experiences. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And that's when like the preliminary two tab version flourished into this developed curated version. So you need that external push. So I hope my uh, blabbering for last 30 minutes have given you enough push to start. <laughs> and I'm happy to be the accountability buddy. I can I can check on you after one one month and see where you are. <laughs> I, I love this. I love the accountability of it. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's like probably what I need is somebody to like really uh, let me know. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's so, so wonderful that I think that and again, I want to uh, share the link to Monacy's portfolio, which is highlight-communications.org. Yes. And it's a great example of what we've been talking about. And I think that that is a great place to start just to get your, you visually up to date on what we've, what we've been talking about if you haven't been following us along on YouTube. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so this has been Grad Chat by PhD Balance. Our episodes are now posted simultaneously on our podcast and YouTube channel at Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. To find our podcast episodes, just search Grad Chat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with PhD Balance on our website at phdbalance.com or over on Twitter and Instagram at phd underscore balance. Until next time, bye and take care of yourself.